Everybody, welcome back to the Look at All podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Digital media production. Duction. 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 <laughs> How is everybody? Um, I hope y'all are enjoying the recaps and reviews we have for you season three. I really didn't anticipate to do this many recaps, but you know what? They're they're kind of going fast, and the pacing for it seems that it's uh it's it's well fitted for the podcast format and well we do have we had some predictions we had some predictions that were on the board so a couple of the predictions that we we had on the board were the Theo love relationship that is starting to become way 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 too much to handle through this episode and then we also have uh the obsession of Joe having an obsession over Marianne, and he goes on uh, a trip with the boys in the woods. So it's uh, Sherry's uh, husband, Carrie. I think his name's like Carrie Connor, I believe in this, played by Travis Van Winkle. This dude's pretty hilarious. Apparently this guy's been acting all through uh early 2000s as well he was an accepted transformers friday the 13th meet the spartans i like this guy as an actor he's pretty damn funny he reminds me of uh the blue mountain state guy that was always the the really big ass dude on that um goofy as hell but still like uh he's got this like thor like energy and uh thor 3 you know kind of big dumb but like really ripped type dude Kind of would probably be intense to party with and go out in the woods with, but still probably an overall good dude. Um, and a little bit homoerotic, uh, sprinkle that in with uh, the trip. But, you know, uh, I I guess it just comes with the territory of, you know, putting Joe around a bunch of muscular dudes that, uh, you know, clearly have been lifting a lot more than he has. Um you know, up in the gym, just working on Joe's fitness. That's his witness. <laughs> so, um, anyways, let's uh talk about this episode a little bit. Marion draws, uh, like a I think it's like a sketch of Joe and like some sort of wolf, I believe, or a fox or a cat or something. Or I, I don't know exactly what's what's going on. Uh, but it, it's pretty talented. Um. Joe says something remarkable to um, Marion that, uh, I don't know about remarkable, but it's just caught my uh, attention. He says, you want to have friends that surprise you. And the more I think about it, I feel like the people that I've become close close friends with um, over the years are, in my opinion, some of the most interesting people I could think of off the top of my head. They have, you know, real, real life stories, real rich, they're um, you know, multi-talented, some of them, uh, super smart in certain areas. Um, but yeah, having friends that surprise you is always, uh, a plus. And so, you know, that, I thought that was kind of a interesting statement that I enjoyed. Also, uh, noticed that Silver T is the director for the, at least the first five episodes. I, I wonder if she's going to be the, director for all of season three i'm kind of not looking on purpose so that we can 
be surprised and maybe notice if there's an inconsistency in episodes that maybe it was directed by someone else. But um, yeah, overall, uh, it, it is kind of unfolding in the directions we thought it was going to be. We did find out that love has been um, through Joe's perspective from him looking through their uh, bank statements and stuff like that, that Theo's been um, getting Uber rides uh, on account of love. Love has been paying for them Uber fees. And it looked really sketchy at first. I was like, is Love going up there and bucking this dude at college and stuff like that? And they keep referring to him as a teenage dude. How young is he if he's still a teenager in college? My guess is he would have to be like 19. Um, but that's still you know, pretty questionably young in comparison to uh, you know, the Love Quinn character. Um, I do gotta say, uh, that there would be probably, you know, blood spilt if it was the vice versa. I mean, we know that, uh, Natalie only kissed Joe and she got an axe to the neck, uh, or axe to the throat. So, um, you know, what is Joe going to do to Theo once he finds out? It'd be crazy if they're seriously going to take Matthew's stepson and his, um, and his, uh, or his, his, Matthew's son and his wife. Like that is, that's intense. That's a lot of, uh, death around Matthew. That, it, they're going to just have to take the entire family out at that point. Um, and so when Joe goes on this trip with, uh, after holding back his compulsion for wanting to become, you know, enthralled with Marion, um, he goes home, checks the bank statements, sees that, you know, oh God, something's not going right in Palo Alto or something like that. And, uh, you know, at first it looks like from the therapy, therapy session, everything's kind of going smoothly, but we, there is this like little blip of, you know, is Joe not have friends? And so Joe immediately questions uh, uh, questions love about the bank statement charges. And he had already walked in on a conversation with Theo talking to love at the their front door. And he said it you know, felt weird like he had walked in on something he wasn't supposed to. So he was already getting weird vibes. So asking the... Uh, the, the Palo Alto, he, know, who, he knows where Theo goes to school, so he immediately questioned that. And she admits that it was for the Uber charges, and that was where it came from. He just starts spazzing, punching the walls and shit like that. And she kind of has a deflection of, well, this is what the therapist was talking about kind of thing. It's like, it's not ex I'm not excusing Joe for becoming over, overly, um, you know, uh, highly, highly emotional in that in that state, you know, getting, throwing fists at the walls and stuff like that. Um, you know, that's when it becomes, you know, dangerous and it's no longer a, <clears throat> an, an argument. It's, you know, this guy just is losing his shit. But with saying that, I don't feel like she has a good excuse either. It's like, oh, he, this guy is, I, I don't believe in a second that this guy, the Theo guy doesn't have any money in his pocket. This, this whole, this whole get up of, Walking into the bakery, not having, uh, you know, uh, being able to pay for the muffins, not being, I know it's just like a, a flex so that he can get in to talk to love, but like several times it's just like, she just wants someone to take care of and she's confronted on it later in the episode, which I, I kind of, 
I kind of like um, on two separate levels. I know that it's like it's like the writers being blunt. It's like, hey, this is what love's doing. She wants to care for somebody. She wants to, you know, f- quote unquote, fix somebody in the way that Joe kind of needed the same thing. Um, but not he doesn't necessarily need it anymore. So she's kind of looking for the next thing to quote unquote fix. But with doing that, it's going to take away um, time specifically from her son. I mean, she she ends up having to pick up Theo while Joe is on this woods trip with all his buddies. Um, and uh, and while she's hanging out with Theo, they go electric scootering in the park and falling on their ass, which, by the way, that fall looked pretty painful. I'd be like, oh, my ass! I wouldn't be able to buck after that. Like, I'd fucking pull something after I fell off an electric scooter. Um, but uh, they both fall off, and, of course, I was like, this is really predictable. I was like, wow, they're either going to start making out or something. They go to the nth degree and start bucking in the park. Straight up public indecency. <laughs> so, um... And she even confronts them. She's like, you you know, you're a teenage boy and I'm a married woman. What do you expect the end game is here? But I don't I don't know if y- y'all are feeling the same way, but I when she was like having fun with Theo, I almost just felt bad for love at that point. She just doesn't seem to be having any attention given to her from Joe in that way, I guess. She's not having fun like she used to. I mean, the most they're doing is like arguing and eventually having sex is what it feels like. Um, but I got to say the uh, the dynamic, I, I, I was disappointed that she was sleeping with Theo, but this these little side things, these small dates of them scootering and stuff like that, her not her not exactly being happy, but I don't feel like Theo exactly has enough game, quote unquote game to talk, talk her into having sex. I feel like she just wants to feel anything, um, at that point. Um, it doesn't necessarily feel like Theo necessarily has one up on her. It's more or less, she's just like not happy in the marriage. I feel like they're both just not happy in the marriage. And so I don't know what the outcome is for that. I guess, best case scenario they end up getting some sort of acclimable is that what it is acclimable whatever it would uh when when both parties agree uh (laughs) what is it acclimable yeah oh oh, i I can't even think of the fucking word but i'll think of it a second as soon as the podcast goes uh but (laughs) oh my goodness i feel stupid um so they're gonna come to an agreement of maybe they shouldn't be together or some or, or something because they can't keep getting jealous of each other's partners when they're not interested in each other. So uh rock and a, they're between a rock and a hard place at this point. And um yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I I was cracking up a lot during Joe's monologue um in her monologue him talking about the boys and stuff like that. It's cool that he gets to bond with one of the guys. Um, and it is honestly, I, I know it's like, oh, feel sorry for the guy, you know, this guy, you know, after he's done, caused all this pain, he's hurt so many people. Even though he's done all of that, I will say that, um, you know, 
getting flashbacks of young Joe and seeing him being beat by, you know, kids his age and stuff like that. And just having to go through the ringer. Um, we do have a, a callback. I think it was in an episode before that he was taken in by the uh, librarian and the librarian was crazy. He would like lock him in the cellar and stuff like that. So um, not exactly the best upbringing, but there is this really, really sweet, I think she's like a guidance counselor of some sort or nurse. I, she's either a nurse. I think she might be a nurse actually, because he, he's like bleeding at one point. Um, but it's like a weird paternal, but like, I feel like he has feelings for her beyond like maternal feelings, but he's such a young boy. So I would really don't think that they're going to go down that route. And I hope that they don't. Cause I want him to have at least one positive influence in his life. Um, there are these flashbacks with this nurse, which get me kind of worried that something is going to happen in his past that he's going to either have to avenge her. Some, something's going to happen to this lady and, and it's kind of uh, freaking me out a little bit, or she might still be alive. I don't know. Um, a lot of things to kind of unpack for this episode, even though it's only relatively a couple different, uh, locations. Uh, but yeah, I liked it. Uh, the whole part where, they're running in the woods with their shirts off and yelling, yelling at the moon. Ah! You know, like that is some funny shit. Uh, I, I, it reminded me when I was in a fraternity in college and it just really felt like you, you got to go so masculine that it's almost, uh, slightly homoerotic to, uh, a problematic degree of like, Oh gosh, look at all these guys. They're in their, you know, fit cuts. You know, it's like, Let's put an uncomfortable guy in there, a fish out of water scene. So it uh, definitely felt like that on the way. So, you know, take it or leave it might not age 100% well, but I still enjoyed the camaraderie between the guys. Um, and uh, it, you know, it was kind of cool. I mean, it was just like, you know, a couple white guys being a couple white guys in the woods. And they, they talk about uh, appropriating the the Native American do, 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 the, the, the drum and stuff like that and stuff. Um, at least it's self-aware about it. I guess you can be, you can, I, is it okay to, it's not okay to appropriate ever, but if it is, then it's probably okay when you're self-aware about it, I guess. I don't know. That, that's, that's what I got from that scene. But, um, still I'm really enjoying this, uh, season so far. It feels like one of the strongest seasons. Um, First episode, like I said, uh, was a little bit slower, but I feel like once you're in the world, it just roll, it just keeps on rolling, and I'm ready for the next episode. Let me know what you thought about the episode five of uh, you, season three. Let me know what you thought about the podcast, how we can improve. Subscribe, thumbs up. You know what to do to uh, support the podcast. Five stars, iTunes, um, or whatever your podcast player provider is. Um, you check out the descriptions below for all the social medias, luckydogpodcast.com for all that good shit, dog. And that's it. Until the next episode, I can't promise episode by episode coverage, but if you like it, you know, I, I might consider it, you know, you never know, bada bing, bada boom, you never know. All right, so, take it easy.